Welcome to a new episode of the Lighthouse Victory Temple Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Strickland as he shares another life-changing message. We thank God today for all you that are here and all you that are listening in that was not able to make it today. Praise the Lord. We're continuing on our theme, talking about pursuit of happiness. Praise the Lord. Everybody want to be happy. Praise the Lord. But everybody ain't happy. And people may put on a happy face, but deep down inside, there's a lot of sadness. Deep down inside, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of grieving. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But you know, I said on last Sunday, the, the, the people should be the most happiest people on earth should be God's people. Praise the Lord. Not because of what has happened to us. Well, what has happened to us which was great. That is salvation. Huh? Praise the Lord. But I'm talking about in material wise. Praise the Lord. Even you ain't got a penny in your name, a penny in your pocket, uh, any money in the bank, uh, don't live in the finest house, or drive the finest car. You ought to be happy in Jesus. Huh? You're blessed in the Lord. Huh? David said, Blessed is the man, huh? Who walketh not, praise God, in the, in, in the footsteps of the wicked. Praise God. So we're blessed by God. Praise the Lord. We in a we in a blessed place. Huh? We are in heavenly places. If you're in heavenly places this morning, you in a blessed place. If you ain't Christ this morning, you in a blessed place. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And that's what the Beatitudes, what it speaks of. It speaks of the character of God. It speaks of the conduct, praise God, in which Jesus expects for us to have as his followers. Praise the Lord. The kind of character and conduct that Jesus expects for us to have as his followers. And the reason why, because he is our leader. Praise the Lord. Not only he's our leader, but Jesus is our king. How many of y'all know that Jesus is king? Praise the Lord. And every king has what? Subjects. Huh? Every king has subjects. He's the king over his kingdom, and we are the people of God as his subject. uh, We are the citizens of his kingdom. Listen, this world is not our home, saint. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Today, the Bible says you are in the world, but not what? Of this world. We're in it, but we don't belong to it. Huh? Our citizenship or our citizenry is in heaven. We're just passing through here. We're pilgrims here. Huh? We're just traveling on our way where? Home. We're on our way home. But since we're here, we got to live like we're in the kingdom. Huh? We got to live and, and, and manifest the character of, our, of the kingdom. In the conduct of the kingdom. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? Praise the Lord. And let me give you a scripture. Ephesians 2 and 19. And hear what it said. It said, now therefore. Talking about the saints of God. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners. Huh? Listen, we're strangers and foreigners here in the earth. Y'all understand what I'm saying? To the people who don't know us. Huh? They see us aliens. Huh? Because we don't believe like. And we don't think like the world. Huh? 
Praise the Lord. Them Christians over there, huh? They, they, they don't believe like we believe. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? So they look at you as being a what? A stranger. But listen, but the Bible said we no more stranger and foreigners. Praise God. There was a time when we was uh, strangers and foreigners to the covenants of Israel, to the promises that God had gave to his people. But now we no more strangers and foreigners. The same law that God gave to Israel, God has given that same law to us today through Christ. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says, but we are fellow citizens with the saints. Huh? Those that have passed on and gone on, huh? Into heaven. Praise God. But we are fellow citizens with the what? Saints. And not only we are fellow citizens with the saints, but we also of the household of God. Listen, saying, y'all know what that means? You're part of God's family. Huh? So we are happy because we are part of God's family. Praise the Lord. We are blessed because we are part of God's family. In other words, we're not no second class citizens. Huh? We may be treated like second class citizens here. Praise God. But when it comes to God, we are of the household of faith. We are of the household of God. Huh? Praise the Lord. We are the citizens of his kingdom. And that kingdom is called the kingdom of heaven. Huh? Praise the Lord. So when we look at this, see what God has done for us. See, God has redeemed us, saints. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. And not only he redeemed us, but God has also adopted us. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? We, so we not only have been bought with a price, but we have been adopted. Praise the Lord. And what you mean by being redeemed? The Bible says we have been redeemed by the precious blood of who? Christ. According to 1 Peter 1 and 19, it said, But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, we have been what? Redeemed. Huh? Praise the Lord. Jesus paid the price huh? for our salvation. Huh? He brought us out of slavery, being a slave to sin. That's what Jesus did for us. Praise God. And I said, not only we have been redeemed, but listen, saint, we also have been adopted. Amen. Huh? Y'all know what it is to have natural born children, and then you go and adopt a child. You understand what I'm saying? Even though that child was not what? Naturally born into your family, but you adopt that child. Praise God. It become part of your family. See, we were without God in this world. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? We were without the promises and the inheritance and all the, every, everything that Israel was going to get inherit from God. But God adopted us through Christ. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? Praise the Lord. See, one thing a parent can give to their adopted children. You know, they can give them, they can leave them their riches. Huh? They can leave them the house. They can leave them the car. They can leave them all the material things. But you know what an, all, the adopted parent can't give to their children? They can't give them their, their nature. Huh? They can't give them their character, so to speak. You can't give them that. But listen, God gave us his nature. And God gave us his character. Praise the Lord. Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a what kind of creature? He's a new creature. All things have what? Passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So God gives us his very nature. Yeah. Huh? Whereby we can live this kingdom life. Huh? Praise the Lord. So talking about we being adopted. 
Listen, let me go to Ephesians 1 and 5. Hear what it said. Ephesians 1 and 5, it said, having predestinated. Huh? The word predestinated means to mark out beforehand. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God don't have to deal with time because he's in eternity. God marks out beforehand what he's decided to do. Praise God. He don't have to think about what he got to do. God just does it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He just does it. Praise the Lord. So having predestinated us unto adoption of, son, of children. Listen, we've been predestinated unto adoption of children. God knew we was coming. God knew that he was going to adopt you and me. Huh? He made a way when there was no way. In other words, when we look at the children of Israel, they thought they, they were the only children of God. Even today, God had in this plan to adopt some more children. Huh? But Israel didn't know about it, even though the Old Testament speaks about it. Praise the Lord. The Bible talking about a great light has shined in the midst of the darkness. Talking about the Gentiles. They have saw a great light. Praise the Lord. So you see, saying, God had us in mind. Huh? Israel is not exclusive. They were, once were. But listen, we all have been included into the family of God. Praise the Lord. Because of Jesus Christ. Can I hear you say, because of Jesus? We are we in the household of faith. Praise the Lord. Because of Jesus Christ, huh? Bible says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Huh? According to what? The good pleasure of his will. God's will. Huh? We included in God's will. Praise the Lord. One thing about a parent, they want to make sure the children are included in their will. And whatever is in the will, it belongs to you. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We got the word of God. That's the will of God. Praise the Lord. The old promises that God has given us in his word. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? Praise God. We, 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 we can have those promises. And those promises are precious. Huh? Listen, saying, you got royal blood running through your vein. I'm talking about, I'm speaking in literally. Not literally, but symbolically. Praise the Lord. Roar your blood running through your vein. Huh? What you mean by that? Let me break this thing down here. If Jesus is the king, and we are his citizens, but if we are also of the household of what? Faith. And everybody of the household of faith, they are the what? The children of who? God. Everybody that belongs to God is a children of God. You are part of the royal family. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You are the royal family. We have the royal family of God, huh? What you mean by that? Somebody give me Revelation 5, 9, and 10. Hear what Revelation 5 and 9 and 10. Did you not know the Bible said we shall rule with Christ? Huh? The Bible said, don't you know that the saints shall judge the world? And that means we're going to rule with Christ. Christ going to reign on the throne. And guess who else who's going to be reigning also? His children. God's children going to reign. They're going to be in charge. We may not be in charge now. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You got a lot of uh, uh, 
ungodly folks running the country and running the world. But when the Lord set up his kingdom on the earth, who do you think he gonna put in charge? These folks that is already in charge over the earth now? I don't think so. Praise the Lord. What do Revelation 5 verse 9 and 10 say? And they sung a, the a new song. Talking about the saints of God. Why are they singing? They happy. Saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. That's what God did. Read on. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. Have made us what? Unto our God kings and priests. Kings priest. and what? Priests. Huh? Read on. And we shall reign on the earth. Wait a minute now. We shall what? Reign on the earth? You got to believe that. If you don't believe that, then shame on you. The Bible said we shall reign on the earth as what? Kings and what? Priests. Praise the Lord. Paul told the Corinthian church when they had a problem in the church, they were taking each other to the law and suing the folks. Paul said, God forbid this kind of foolishness. He said, if you can't handle the little matters among yourself here, do you not know that you shall judge you, you, you shall judge you shall judge the people on the earth. Now, I won't turn there after the Corinthians. I think it's in the, what, 6th chapter? Corinthians? In 6th chapter Corinthians. He said, you shall judge. The saints shall judge the earth. That 1st Corinthians, I believe. 1st Corinthians. Turn there for me right quick. I want to quote this scripture right. Y'all got it where it says you shall judge? Read that for me, brother. Do you not know? You see a lot of folks don't know who they are in the Lord. Them Corinthians saints didn't know who they were in the Lord. That's why they had so much foolishness going on in the church. That's why so much carnality was going on in the church. Paul said, do you not know what? That the saints, shall judge that the saints shall do what? Judge the world. Judge the world. When we gonna judge the world? Did you not know you judging the world even now while you living holy and walking holy before God? And don't you not know that that's what Noah did in the day that he lived in and the time that he lived in? He judged the world because he was righteous. Mm -hmm. And if you're righteous, the world see that righteousness. Yeah. Huh? And that righteousness condemns them. Yeah. Huh? When you live right and do what is opposite of what the world do, mm -hmm. huh? They're going to exclude you. That's right. Huh? Mm -hmm. Praise God. You, you all don't want to be excluded. That's why the Bible tells us what? Love not the world, neither the what? The things that are there. Praise God. Because you're not of it. Your citizenship is where? In heaven. Praise God. But you got to live like you're in heaven. Down here. Y'all here? Praise God. What else does it say? He said, Saints said what? Judge the world. Mm -hmm. And if the world shall be judged by you. If the world going to be judged by you. Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? You shouldn't have no problems among God's people and handle issues and problems that arise among his people. You ought to be able to make a conscious and a righteous decision about a matter Amen. and handling it and resolving it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Now, let me get on back to where I'm trying to get to here. We got to talk about this second blessedness of... of uh, the beatitude, huh? Mm -hmm. When we talk about the kind of character and the conduct 
that the Lord expects from his followers. They all are listed in the Beatitude. They all are listed there in the Beatitude. You know, last week we kind of covered the first step toward blessedness, uh, happiness. It begins how, first of all, with a being poor in spirit, huh? And you see, when we said what we had to say about being poor in spirit, we were saying a person must first recognize and acknowledge their own spiritual condition before God. Y'all understand what I'm saying? To be poor in spirit. A lot of folks now, instead of being, being poor in spirit, they are proud in spirit. Huh? Proud in spirit. Remember the, you remember the two people that went up to the temple to pray, the Pharisee who were proud in spirit. He said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this old sinner over here. Don't you know you got people walking around like that, looking at other folks and Lord, I thank you. I'm not doing what he or she is doing. Lord, I thank you that I'm not like that person there. You see what I'm saying? And the proud in spirit. But God, the, the Beatitudes talking about the poor in spirit, like the, like the sinner, the publican who came before the Lord and smote upon his breast and said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Huh? Praise God. So when you look at the publican who, who is a sinner, he was poor in spirit. What he did, he humbled himself. Huh? He acknowledged his spiritual condition. People now, they don't even want to acknowledge that they commit sin. Or even they still yet committing sin. Huh? You got to come clean with God. Huh? All of us. Praise the Lord. We have to become clean with God if we are to obtain his mercy and his forgiveness. So only the publican went away being justified. In other words, justified being declared righteous because God had forgiven. But the Pharisees still what? His sin still remained on him because he was proud in heart. He was proud in spirit. Praise God. And so the publican, he received the mercy and the forgiveness that he needed from God. So the poor in spirit, you know what they would do? They would come before God with a humble and broken heart. That's what we said on last week. But this week, we're going to talk about the second step toward happiness uh, to those who what? Mourn. Huh? For they shall be what? Comfort. So happiness, did you not know that those who mourn, Jesus said they shall be what? Comforted. Talk about the pursuit of happiness. That's in Matthew 5 and 4. We're just going to deal with this one verse right here because there's so much in this one verse. The scripture says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Huh? Blessed are they that mourn. I know sometimes the first thing that comes to our mind, we look at people who mourning over the death of their loved ones. Huh? Praise the Lord. We look at mourners are those who are grieving and sorrowing over great loss or hurt in their lives. Right? We see that every day, don't we? But Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn. Yet the kind of mourners that Jesus is speaking of here is the sorrowing and the grieving over one's sins. Yes. How many folks grieve and sorrow over your own sin? Yes. We talking about the character and the conduct of the kingdom. Think about it. 
Being poor in spirit, you're acknowledging your spiritual condition. And then, once you acknowledge, you want something done about your spiritual condition, how it breaks you up and tear you up on the inside. You don't want to remain like you are. Huh? So you what? You mourn over your spiritual condition. Huh? You see the steps here? Praise the Lord. You you mourn over your spiritual condition. You, you sorrow over it. You grieve over it. Huh? Praise the Lord. You grieving over it. You know what the Bible said? Godly sorrow worketh what? Repentance. You see the godly sorrow? Even before you got saved, there had to be some godly sorrow in you. Lord, forgive me for the wrong that I've done. Help me to overcome. Huh? Praise the Lord. You went out and you cried out to the Lord. Said, Lord, forgive me for the wrong that I've done. And help me to overcome. It hurts you. It hurts God more than it hurts you. So you got to mourn over your sin. And listen, it's not always just you mourning over your sin. Also, you mourn over the sins of other folks. Huh? Of all other people. Of their unbelief and their rejection of God. You mourn over that. Your children, your grandchildren, people that you witness to, people that you talk to. Trying to tell them about the Lord. And you mourn over their sins of unbelief. Huh? Praise the Lord. You remember Paul? You know Paul, we were just coming out of the book of Corinthians. Paul wrote two letters to the saints at Corinth. And, 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 and give me that 2 Corinthians 7 and 8. 2 Corinthians 7 and 8. Paul was letting them know concerning about the letters that he wrote. The letter he wrote was a, was a severe letter in correcting them. You know what Paul was trying to correct in them? He was trying to correct their behavior. And not only behavior, but their belief. You see, a lot of times you can correct folks' belief, you correct their behavior. And a lot of times you correct their behavior, then you can teach them what they need to be. Huh? Yeah. Praise the Lord. What do Second Corinthians 7, chapter, verse 8 through 11 say? Listen to what Paul said to them. I say, therefore, to the, un to the unmarried widows, that's 2 Corinthians 7 and 8. Though I made you sorry. Though I made you sorry. With a letter. I do not repent. He said, I don't repent because I wrote this letter. It was severe. I'm not repenting. Because I'm hoping that this letter will do something in you. Read on. Though I did repent. For I perceived that the same epistle had made you sorry. Yes. Though it were but for a season. Number nine. Yes. Now I rejoice. Not that ye were made sorry, but ye sorrow to repent. You see, that was the purpose. That they were made sorry, that they were sorry to what? Repentance, huh? His purpose of writing the letter was to expose the sin that they were they had done. Since they couldn't see their own spiritual condition. Right Did you not know the word of God had come to expose the sin in our life? Yeah. Bible said the word of God is quick. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing to the joint and the marrow and the bone and the discerner of the intents of the heart. That's in Hebrew, I think, Hebrew 4 and 12, if I'm not mistaken. Huh? It's a divider. The intent of the heart. Praise God. It exposed our spiritual condition. Huh? 
And when, it, when, when our spiritual condition is exposed, then we need to mourn over our sins. You hear what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So then read that 10th verse 4. Paul said, listen what he hoped to accomplish in them. This 9 9 and 10 well, the rest of 9 before you were made sorry sorry after a godly manner that you might receive daddy by us is nothing for godly sorrow working repentance for salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world working death you hear that he said but the godly sorrow working repentance he was trying to get them to repent yes. huh he, in order to get the people to repent you got to show them their spiritual condition. Yeah, amen. They first got to see their own life is out of whack with God. Uh -huh. huh? Because a lot of folks think what they're doing, they just as right with God, just as they're right, it's just as right as you are. Amen. They think they can still continue to live and shack. Uh -huh. huh? They still think they can still live and do what they want to do and go and do this and do that. Huh? Amen. But the word of God exposes all of that. Huh? Because the Bible says it is the light that shines in the midst of the darkness. See, God knows how to put the spotlight on the things that is in our lives. Praise the Lord. But see, Paul had to expose them because they had committed sin. They couldn't see it, but the word of God showed it to them. Praise the Lord. So you see, now, now let, me, let, me, let, me go, let me give you another story here. Y'all remember Zacchaeus Zacchaeus. Go with me to the book of uh, Luke in the 19th chapter. Let's look at Zacchaeus. We knew what kind of man he was. He was a publican, right? He was a sinner. He was a tax collector. We talking about Zacchaeus, huh? Praise the Lord. Zacchaeus was a crook. That's what he was. He was a crook. He was a swindler of the people. He swindled the folks out of their money. But you know one thing about Zacchaeus? He recognized his condition. He knew that he was a sinner. Huh? He recognized his spiritual condition. Mark, I need you to read that for me. Zacchaeus 19, chapter, verse 2. Okay. Read that. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Ain't it amazing that Jesus see us before we see him? Yes. Huh? He already see us and he already knows us. Okay. Huh? He, he, Zacchaeus went up the tree. Looking to see Jesus, but Jesus had already saw him, and Jesus didn't even have to look up to see him. Right. Huh? So you, when you look at Zacchaeus, he was determined to see Jesus, huh? Yet Jesus saw him first. The Lord saw what was in Zacchaeus' heart. That's what he saw. He saw what was in Zacchaeus' heart. Read on down, brother. What read on down. Verse 19. Eight. And he made haste. And came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Listen, the people around saw Zacchaeus too. They knew Zacchaeus by his name, by his profession. Huh? They knew he was a crook. They knew he was a swindler. 
And they said he is a sinner. Jesus knew he was a sinner. Praise God. But this sinner came to Jesus the right way. Huh? You see, you got to come to Jesus the right way. On his terms and on his condition. We're talking about the Beatitudes. Huh? We're talking about the character and the conduct of the kingdom. Huh? Praise the Lord. So Zacchaeus, the people were looking and said, Do Jesus not know what type of man that's, that he going to the to the to his house with? He going to the house of a sinner. See, Jesus got a purpose. He, did he not come to seek and to save that which is lost? Zacchaeus was lost. But now since he found Jesus, y'all hear what I'm saying? Now he can get the help that he needs. A lot of folks are just like Zacchaeus. They're lost. Praise the Lord. But they need to come to Jesus. A lot of times we get them to try to come to church, but how many times do we try to get folks to come to Jesus? Huh? Folks can come to church and still be lost. But they need to come to Jesus. That's the message that folks need to hear. They need to come to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Like Zacchaeus, he didn't want to see the crowd. He didn't want to listen to the choir. He didn't want to listen to what was going on. But Zacchaeus had a need. Huh? And his need was the Lord. And people got to see that they got a need. Praise the Lord. And you got to tell them about Jesus who can meet their need. Praise the Lord. Move on here. What we read? We read on, brother. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Praise God. Y'all hear what this man just did? And hear what this man just said? You hear what he said? He was not coerced to, to do what he wanted, what he had already had in his heart. He wasn't begged to do it. He wasn't coerced to do it. He wasn't pushed by fear to do it. That you don't do this, you're going to hell. Y'all see that? He saw his own spiritual condition, his own life. And he was not happy with it. Y'all hear me? You got to see your own life and not be happy with it. When you came to the Lord, praise God, you want God to change you. Make you a new creature. Make me over, Lord. Huh? Praise the Lord. Zacchaeus, he knew what he had been doing. Jesus knew what he had been doing. Jesus didn't tell him to stop doing this, stop doing that. Did he? No. He was willing to give it all up. Read that again, brother. Where you stripped you there? You got a Bible in front of you? Yeah, Read that. Here it is. Uh, verse, you said verse 8. Read that verse you just read. Verse 8. As Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Y'all see what this man is doing? Huh? This man was desired to make restitution. In other words, he confession, he make a confession of his wrongs, huh? And he desired to make things right by making restitution. I'm willing to restore anything I have taken from any man. Praise the Lord. Jesus didn't ask him to do that, but he was willing to what? See, his heart was touched. Uh, his heart was under conviction. His soul was under conviction. So when people's hearts and minds and souls are under conviction, you don't have to worry about them repenting because that's what repentance is going to do for you. Huh? It's going to cause you to have a change of heart and a change of mind. 
then eventually you're going to have a change of life. That's what repentance is. A change of mind, a change of heart, eventually you're going to have a change of life. This is what had took place in Zacchaeus. Huh? Praise the Lord. Read that verse 9 and 10 for me. Hear what Jesus said. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house for, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. You hear what the Lord said. He said, This day has salvation come to this house. Come out, Zacchaeus. This day, your faith saved you. Y'all hear what I'm saying? His faith saved him. Because he believed and he trusted and he repented. Praise God. And he was turning. See, repentance is a turning away from sin. And a turning to Christ. Turn away from sin and turn into the Savior. That's what repentance is. A lot of folk want to turn away from sin and not come to the Savior. You can't. Without his help. Without his power in your life. You got to come to the Savior. Because the Bible says in St. John, praise the Lord, as many of him that received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. That's what John said. You got to receive his words and his teaching. Praise the Lord. Now, read on, read that 10th verse 4. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save them which was lost. You see what the Lord said. Mm -hmm. Jesus had a purpose. Zacchaeus had a purpose for coming to the Lord. Zacchaeus turned away from his life of living a crooked sinner. Huh? He turned away from swindling people out of their money. He caused financial hurt to the folks. He wanted to restore, make restitution. This Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Jesus said, blessed are they that what? Mourn. For they shall be what? Comforted. You know, sin hurts. You know what I'm saying? It hurts you more than it hurts anybody else. But a lot of folks ain't heard about this. Ain't so much hurt about the wrong that they do. Huh? Praise the Lord. And they ain't so hurt about how they cause other folks to do wrong. But sin ought to hurt you. You know it hurt God. The Bible says it stinks in his nostrils. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It hurt God so much that he died on the cross in order to in order to deliver us from it. Yeah. It was because of our sin. Huh? It was because of our sin. What nailed him to the cross. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now listen. I got another example here. I want to deal with. And it's the story of the rich young ruler. You can contrast this same story. And that's in the book of uh, Mark. In the uh, 17. Mark 10th chapter. Verse 17 through 22. Listen. Zacchaeus came with a poor in, poor in spirit. And he came mourning over his sin. He saw his spiritual condition. And he came confessing his sin. And wanted to do something about it. Praise God. But he only, know that, he only knew that only Jesus could help him in that matter. But let's look at this rich young ruler. He also came. To see Jesus, huh? But listen, he came to Jesus to ask him a question. You know what the question was? He said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He wanted to know what can I get? What can I do to get it? I realize that I don't have it. But what can I do to get it? 
Now he's rich. He knew with all of his money, he couldn't buy it. But he knew that he needed something more than just material wealth. Praise God. That's what he asked. Give me that story of the rich young ruler. Read that for me, brother. And when he was going forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, My call is thou me good. There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not under thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross, and follow me. Listen, Jesus told him what he must do to inherit eternal life. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He told him. And Jesus said to him, he said, keep the commandments. That's what he told him. Keep the commandments. Y'all get that? Keep the commandments. And the rich young ruler responded, he said, I have kept all the commandments from my youth up. In other words, since I've been a child, since I've been small, I've been in church. How many of y'all since you've been small been in church? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Have you always done what God said to I don't think so. But he said, I kept the commandments. Since I've been small, I grew up in the church. I grew up in the synagogue. I grew up being taught by my parents and by the teachers. Huh? i done this from my youth up. What more do I need? Read that verse below that Jesus response. Listen to Jesus' response to this young man. What did Jesus have respond? He loved him. He looked at him and what? Verse number 21. Listen. Jesus behold him. That means Jesus looked at him. He looked at him with what kind of love? Look. A look of compassion. Huh? He looked at him with a look of compassion. And what did the Lord tell him? And said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor. All right, stop right there. Jesus, look beyond the surface. Y'all hear me? That's what the Lord does when he examines us. He looked beyond the surface. He looked beyond that which is on the outside into the inside of our hearts and into the inside of our life. He looked beyond the surface and, and, and he looked into his heart. And he told the rich young ruler, there's one thing. He said one thing. Not two, but one thing that you lacking. There's one thing that you have come short of. The Bible said we all have what? Sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? You know what that one thing was? Jesus told him what it was. He said, this is what he told him. He said, go and what? And sell what thou hast and distribute among the poor. Now what that's telling us right there? What that telling him? He loved his possessions more than he loved God and his neighbor. That's what he loved. He had more love for what he already had 
than what he was seeking for. You hear what I'm saying? He wanted eternal life. Right? But he, he had his love and his affection in the wrong things in life. Huh? Which was his what? His possessions. Wait a minute. Now. Let's go back to what he just said. All these commandments I have kept from my youth up. Did he really keep the commandments? Because the first of those commandments said, Love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? Then it also said, Have no other gods before me. Did he really keep it? If he really loved his possessions. Then the Bible also says, Love thy neighbor. That's the golden rule, right? Jesus said, Upon these two commandments hang all the what? The law. Huh? Did he, did he really love the poor? Could have been his neighbor. Anybody could be your neighbor might be poor. Praise God. But he didn't love his neighbor. You see, he said, there's one thing that thou lackest. And what's missing is, is the love of God. That's what was missing in his life. Praise the Lord. And he said, what should I do to inherit eternal life? You know what Jesus did to him? He exposed. What did he expose? He exposed the thing that was hindering him from eternal life. Don't you know the word of God is a discerner of the intent of the heart. It's going to expose what's there. Y'all hear me? Directly or indirectly, the word of God is going to expose it. Jesus was the word of God manifested in the flesh, right? Praise the Lord. So it exposed what was in his heart. But then once it been exposed, what you going to do about it? What can you do about it? You got to make a decision. This rich young ruler had to make a decision. But listen what he did. Read on, Brother Mark. Okay. Let's see. Uh, verse 22. Yeah. And he was sad at that saying, Y'all see what he did? He made a decision, didn't he? How much important was eternal life to him than his possession? Huh? Therefore, the rich young ruler, he was, he was, he was not sincere in keeping the commandments. He told Jesus that he observed them and obeyed them, right? But then when the proof is in the pudding, he wasn't willing to what? Do what Jesus asked him to do. Huh? Because he had placed his possessions above God and others. Huh? Now he may have been sincere in seeking for eternal life. Like a lot of people are. They are, they, they are sincere in seeking and wanting eternal life. But they're not willing to make the sacrifice. Huh? To, to obtain it. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Praise God. So he was not willing to do what he was unwilling to submit to what the Lord told him to do. Y'all see that? How many folks you know is unwilling to submit what the word of God told us to do? Huh? What God tell us to do. You know what his sin was? Really it was idolatry. That was his sin was his was idolatry of what's his possessions, huh? In other words, he served his possession more so than he did was willing to serve God and his neighbor. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Huh? There was no repentance. Y'all see this? No repentance. Repentance is what? Turning away from. What? Sin. 
Once your sin has been exposed, you got to turn away from it. Yes. Huh? Yes. I'm talking about exposed before God. Yes. Huh? I may not know your sin, but God knows it. You know it. Y'all hear me? Then you got to turn away from it. Right? Praise the Lord. You need to be grieving over it. Look what it costs you. Huh? This young man, what happened? He went away. How? Grieved. Was he grieving over his sin? Or was he grieving over what the Lord said? He was grieving over what the Lord said. Not over his sin. Jesus exposed his sin. Huh? But he was grieving over it. was a hard sin for him to do. In other words, I'm not going to do this. Why are you not going to? He's not going to do it. So repentance, he was grieved and sorrowful. That's what repentance is. Grieving and sorrowful over your sin, right? He wasn't going to do it because the sacrifice was too high. He was unwilling to do what Jesus had told him to do. Jesus told him to do this and come and what? Follow me. Huh? He was unwilling to follow Jesus. Y'all see that? People are like that today. So many people are like this rich young ruler. Praise God. All right, read that 22nd verse for me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Listen, he was sad at the saying. The saying what Jesus told him, was it false or was it true? It was the truth. It was the truth in relationship to what was in his heart. Huh? And the same goes for us today. Praise the Lord. God reveals and exposes what's in our hearts. And once we he exposes it, then we have to go to him for forgiveness. Y'all see me? See what I'm saying? Praise God. So he was sad at Jesus' saying. And he went away grieved because he had great possession. So when we look at godless sorrow, it's going to work what? Repentance. Godless sorrow don't work regret. He regretted. <laughs> Probably regretted that he asked the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And when we are told what we must do to inherit eternal life, we're not, we're unwilling to do it. Huh? Praise the Lord. So he went away with regret. That's not repentance. Regret is far away from what? Repentance. Somebody said, well, Judas, did he not repent? Judas didn't repent. Judas regretted what he had done. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He regretted what he had done. And person who regrets something that he had done don't go out and hang themselves. Huh? That's the sorrow of the world. Huh? People know they've done a lot of foolish stuff and done stuff and they want to take their own life. That's the sorrow of the world. But godly sorrow worked what? Repentance. Turn away from. It. And that's the message saying that you got to tell a lot of these people out here in the streets. Because some folks believe and feel like they can't be forgiven for the wrong that they've done. The devils instill the seed in their mind that God don't love you. God won't forgive you. Huh? Praise the Lord. God will forgive you. The Bible said, Blessed are them that mourn, for they shall be what? Comfort. 
confident. Because they shall what? Be confident. That's what the scripture said. So we as believers, saints, we mourn for those who are living in sin. We should, right? But also, sometimes we also mourn for those who don't died in sin. Let me tell you something. You need to mourn for the folks who are living in sin because they are living, they're already dead. They are dead in sin and dead to the things of God. They are dead to things of God. They are living in sin. Only thing that left, they are walking dead person. Come out the living dead, that's what they are. The living dead. And they're living in sin. Praise God. So we have to mourn over people living in sin as well as our own. Huh? And we shall be what? Comforted. That's what the scripture said. What kind of comfort we need. So when we look at the rich man, young ruler, people just like him, huh? who believe that one can earn their salvation. He said, what can I do to inherit? What must I do to inherit what? Salvation. He can earn. He couldn't use his money to buy it. Right? Amen. Praise the Lord. He couldn't use his money to buy salvation. No, he couldn't obtain it by his own human effort. Huh? You know what? Salvation and eternal life is uh, synonymous to what? God's giving us his gift. Yes. You know what it is? It's synonymous to God giving us his gift. And when God gave us the gift of grace, he gave us salvation. Yeah. Huh? When he gave us the gift of grace, he gave us gave us eternal life. Yeah. That comes with salvation. Yeah. Huh? Praise the Lord. It is based upon not what we can do, but it's based upon what Christ has done. All right now. At Calvary. Huh? It's based upon what Jesus has done. He came to the right person. Right? And the right person told him what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. And what? Follow me. But he was, he was, he was not willing to do it. I told you the story about this preacher was on the elevator. And he saw Prince. Prince is dead now. The music rock music man. And uh, he saw Prince. Prince was preparing for a concert that evening. And he saw him there. And he began to talk to him about Jesus. About Jesus Christ. And he was telling him about Jesus Christ. He said, are you willing to, to serve God and, and live for God? You want eternal life? And, and the Prince told him, he said, what I must do? And the man told him, he said, you got to deny yourself and forsake everything. And Prince all of a sudden got silent. Didn't say nothing. As the elevator was going down. And then when the man, they got off the elevator, he made the statement. He said, it's too much for me to do. He wasn't willing to give up what he was doing. Like this rich young ruler. He wasn't really willing to give up what he was doing. So you see, saying, eternal life comes through, is based on what Christ had done for us. Through his mercy and his grace. Give me Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9. The Bible says grace and truth came by who? Came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came by our Lord and Savior. 
The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Titus 2 and 11 said, for the grace of God that what? Bring it salvation. You know what? That was God's grace was being presented to the rich young ruler. But he walked away from it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The same grace that was presented to Zacchaeus. You remember Zacchaeus? He came to Jesus. Better yet, he wanted to see Jesus, but Jesus already saw him. Huh? Jesus knew what was in his heart. But Zacchaeus accepted the grace of God. Praise the Lord. He accepted the grace of God. Praise the Lord. What, do, what does Ephesians 2 and 89 say? I'm almost through. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That not of yourself, because it's the gift of God. What does the ninth verse say? Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should what? Boast. You see, saying, it ain't what you can do, but it's what God has already done. Amen. Huh? Through who? Jesus. If you bypass Jesus, then you bypass salvation. Huh? You bypass eternal life. If you don't accept what God did on our behalf for you at the cross, because the Bible said the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are what? Perishing. The preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are perishing. They are in a state of dying. They are dead even though they're dead to the things of God. And for them to die in graveyard dead, that's it. Don't you know when a person dies in sin, that finalizes the eternal state? If a person dies in sin, they finalizes their eternal state. And you know what the eternal state is, right? The eternal state is you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. The Bible said the dead, huh? And hell going to get up. And as they get up, they're going to be cast off into the lake of fire. Death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. So you see, saying, this is why the grace of God that brings its salvation, huh? It have appeared to who? All men. Did you not know everybody have the opportunity to receive the grace of God? Everybody. It appeared to all men. What about the folks in the Old Testament? Well, God's grace there, yeah, Noah found it. Huh? But the rest of the people turned their back on it. Just like people are today. Praise God. And you know what the grace of God teaches you in that 12th verse? Listen to what it teaches. It teaches us to deny ourselves. Read that 12th verse for us, brother. Well, I got it. I tell you what, I'm going to read it. It teaches us to deny ourselves. The rich young ruler didn't want to deny himself, right? Huh? Praise the Lord. This is what it teaches us. It teaches us that denying ungodliness, huh? And worldly what? Lust. His possession was his was his lust and his worldliness, right? Teaching us that we should live how? Soberly, righteously, and godly in this what? Present world. Now, I need to talk about the latter part of that. I kind of skipped some. The latter part of blessed are them that mourn. They shall be what? Comfort. Those who are grieving and sorrowing over their sin. How are they comforted? The Lord come alongside and forgive us of our sin. Did you not know the comforting of the Lord is his forgiveness? 
Huh? That's comforting to know that God is a forgiving God. Huh? A lot of people are being perplexed in their mind and their heart because they feel like they have not been forgiven by people and also by God. Y'all listen to what I'm saying. God is a God of forgiveness. The Bible says, 1 John 1 and 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's the kind of God we serve, saint. God is willing, more than willing and ready to forgive his people of their sins. Praise God. So I'm going to include with this, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The comfort that the Lord going to provide to all who are mourned, who love those who mourn over their sin is divine forgiveness of sin. Saying, that is the greatest comfort in knowing that you have been forgiven by the Lord. Huh? That's a great comfort, ain't it? To know that your sins are under the blood of Jesus. That's a comfort. To me it is. Huh? Regardless of what folks say, regardless of what folks teach or believe, believe what the Word of God says. Huh? Believe that you've been forgiven. A lot of people can't get past, can't move on, and can't move forward in their life because they still thinking that they ain't forgiven, that they don't done so much bad that they can't straighten out. They, it's hard for them to be straightened out. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Did you not know the darkest your sin may have been or is? The brighter is the light of God. Huh? Can be in your life. Yeah. Paul had some dark stuff in him. Huh? But you know what he said? God told him that my grace is what? Sufficient. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. But God is able to cleanse the darkest sin in your life. So we thank God for you today. Thanks, Pastor Strickland, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Lighthouse Victory Temple Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.